As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Beat, brought to you by BetMGM. I am, of course, Nick Baumgartner, joined this week by Austin Meek, Michigan writer, for um, some not fun uh, conversation to have here, but I would also say at the top here, disclaimer for uh, anyone who has kids in the car, we're talking about Robert Anderson, uh, the doctor at Michigan, and all of the sexual assault situations that um, we continue to learn about, including yesterday's revelations or uh, allegations from Bo Schembechler's son, Matt, along with two former Michigan players, uh, that Bo Schembechler was aware of all this um, and could have stopped it, is the claim. And Austin, of course, was there. Austin has done terrific work on this story, um, which has been very complicated and complex and layered uh, for a year. And I, Austin, before we start, I, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, I think it was the last thing I covered in person before the pandemic started was... Uh, one of the first press conferences of the uh, of Anderson Vic, uh, survivors, and that was maybe 15, 16 months ago, something like that. And, you know, as this kind of thing has gone on, and, you know, you, you covered a lot of this more than I have, and you were at yesterday's thing, and it's like, I couldn't help but note, as we heard the gentlemen talk yesterday, all three of them, and, and share their stories, like, that for me, it was like, these are all just, they're more examples of things we've already heard about a failure on a university level that absolutely included Bo Schembechler, and it's hard to ignore any of that at this point. It really has been a just kind of a steady drumbeat of mm-hmm. allegations that have come out over the past uh, year, year and a few months uh, yep. since this story uh, since this story broke. And you know, with every every new piece, we learn a little bit more about mm-hmm. what was said and what was done, or what what wasn't done, you know, it started with one person, uh, a, right. a former broadcaster, who said that in the 1980s he had a conversation with Bo about it, and that was that was the first time anybody had had come out publicly right. and said that that they broached any of this with Bo Schembechler. And since then, there have been other players who have said that, including the two 
that we heard from this week. Uh, but certainly, I think um, the allegation that's going to get the most attention, and, and we'll get into it, is the allegation from Bo's son, Matt, that mm-hmm. he told his father uh, about being abused by Dr. Robert Anderson when he was 10 years old at a physical. He, he claimed that Bo reacted angrily and, and dismissed the claim. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly it's, it's incredibly complicated if you know anything about the history of, of Matt and Bo and the Schembechler family. Right. But just by virtue of, of his name and who he is, I think that allegation is going to certainly bring uh, even more scrutiny to the role of, of Bo Schembechler in all of this. Right. And, you know, we talked with Brendan on a show a month ago or so after the Wilmer Hill report came out. And, you know, I, I know we've talked about this. I can speak for myself and us, and I, I guess I'll leave the your findings up to you. But, you know, after reading the Wilmer Hill report, personally, I, you know, in terms of the Schimbeckler piece, I, you know, I think I read everything I needed to read to know that he, you know, had failed and was part of this and, you know, could have done more, I think it's obvious in that report. But I think what we talked about at the time was that that's a conversation about what to do with his statue and name and everything else that just has to be secondary to making sure that you are there as a university for the people that you failed to protect prior to. And all I thought about yesterday was, you know, these type of accounts are going to continue to be aired because how this works is... You know, the more someone else, you know, the next time someone else finds the courage to speak up, that will inspire someone else and that will inspire someone else. And and maybe that will continue. But, you know, the way that this will look for Michigan won't stop until this thing is settled properly and publicly. And then all the things have to be addressed. But it really does need to be done. I still think in that order. And I think that yesterday probably complicated that some, but it's like, that's what the situation is. It's a, it's a complicated mess and it's on Michigan to fix as much of it as possible at this point. Yeah, there was a period where we honestly didn't hear very much about what was going on. Everybody yeah. kind of went dark for a little while. You know, the mediation between the the survivors and the university started back in October uh, and it that's a very quiet process. Uh, people aren't mm-hmm. supposed to talk about it publicly, so uh, we didn't hear a lot. And, it, right. you know, I, I think a lot of us were still you know, continuing to follow the story, continuing to talk to people, but there just publicly was not a lot of information coming out about it. Uh, And it's possible that uh, from the university's perspective, perhaps if there's not a lot of information out there, there's also not a lot of urgency to feel like Mm -hmm. we need to deal with this right now. And I do think that it changes the equation when you do have this story now Uh, very prominently in the public eye again because of a couple things, uh, because of the release of the Wilmer Hale report that you mentioned. Uh, And then because of, um, you know, because of Jim Harbaugh's public comments about Bo Schembechler, which we can talk about. And, and because of what happened this week with, with Matt Schembechler and the two former players. So um, I, I I agree with you, Nick, that um, ultimately this is going to continue to be uh, a story in in the public eye as long as there is is no resolution, and there is a sense of of growing frustration. I think right. yeah. that uh, that we're not there, and I, I don't sense that it's especially close from everybody I've talked to. Um, you know, there's I I I haven't talked to a single person who has expressed 
optimism that, yeah, we're really close to a resolution. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. I would say the same. And you've talked to more than I have, but I would add that I... you That's what I wanted to ask you. As much as you could share maybe from that topic about maybe where this is and where it isn't, and maybe what roadblocks or what roadblocks haven't or have or what have you, as best you can sort it, you know, while, you know, like we said earlier, these are things that, you know, are very private and need to stay private for good reasons. But as much as you can sort of shed light onto that process, you know, I think maybe that would be valuable for people as well. Because I do think a lot of fans and supporters are still sort of processing all this Mm -hmm. and that'll continue. But I mean, it's important, I think, to talk about some of this stuff. Well, it's an incredibly complicated process because you have hundreds, more than 800 former patients uh, at this point who have come forward. And I think it's perfectly reasonable to think that there are more. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you've got a, a huge number of former patients. You've got more than 20 different law firms representing different plaintiffs. There's a class action lawsuit. There are individual lawsuits. There's the university uh, and uh, the insurers that uh, would have some obligation um, on these financial claims. So it's a lot of different interests that overlap but Mm -hmm. don't perfectly align Right. Um, and finding the right thing for everybody is really complicated. Um, but I, I have not heard, um, you know, and I, I certainly, you know, have not talked to everybody. So I'm right, sure that yeah, there's yeah. A, a range of, um, you know, perspectives on how this has gone. But from the people I've talked to, um, you know, I, there's... I go back to the word frustration, um, yeah. and we heard it yesterday. You know, publicly in that in that news conference, we heard uh, the former players and the attorneys saying, "Look, Michigan has apologized for Robert Anderson and what Robert Anderson did, right? But Michigan hasn't apologized for Michigan. Um, and even in that statement that Michigan put out." yesterday, there was a clear attempt there to put some distance between Robert Anderson and what happened 17 years ago and what's happening now. And I think part of this frustration that that I have sensed comes from, you know, the fact that um, Michigan has yet to really own institutionally. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What happened to enable this? And I think that that's where we start the conversation here about Schimbeckler because the the stuff yesterday with Matt and then, as important, more former players uh, on the heels of... And Matt Schimbeckler was very clear to, to note, I believe, I'm not sure if he did it during the press conference or after to you guys about, you know, he did not want Jim Arbaugh to be brought into this and yeah. doesn't believe that uh, his comments or, or what have you or any negative whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was Matt's you know opinion and that's his uh, thought and he expressed that. And that's fine. You know, he said last week, Jim Arbaugh was asked at a recruiting camp uh, about this. And, um, you know, the quote was that the Bo Schembechler I knew, you know, wouldn't do this, that, and the other. And for me, those comments were 
disappointing. Um, I, that's the best way I can describe that. I think he failed in that moment because, again, the focus on <sighs> this situation is not about the person you knew. It's not about the person, if, you know, he here being Jim Harbaugh, as far as we've been told by him, Jim Harbaugh, he's he did not experience anything like this from Robert Anderson. He was not a survivor or a victim. He's not said that that's the case. So, you know, I, you know, he's told us, I don't know anything about this. I've never heard about this. This is shocking and, you know, all these things. It's So in that sense, this has nothing to do with the person that you knew. And the focus of this, 1,000%, and I understand that Bo Schembechler's not here anymore, and I understand that he can't defend himself, and nor can his wife, and nor can his family, really, at that point. And I understand that there are so many former players, including Jim Harbaugh, um, that thought the world of Bo Schembechler and have thought the world of him for their entire adult life, for all the reasons that we see young people in this, you know, arena of college athletics gravitate toward coaches who change their lives. And a lot of that is positive and you're never going to be able to take that stuff away from them. But the person that you knew or thought you knew in this situation is irrelevant. It's about what happened to these people who are your brothers, by the way, who played with you, some of them, um, who played after you or before you and shared the same field and the same helmet and everything else. That is where this needs to be. And you need to be there for them. So I was... Austin, you can share your thoughts on this. I wasn't there. I was very disappointed to hear that because um, I thought that moment was a moment and an opportunity for him to be there for the people who Michigan needs to be there for right now. And that is not Bo Schembechler, frankly. Uh, that's the people who I think were impacted by this. And I think that I can sense a little bit of that. I, I hope that it's not happening, but I don't want that to get lost. And I, I really hope that that doesn't happen. I don't know. I mean, what were your thoughts on the whole Yeah, thing? I think that that's very well said. Clearly, different people knew different sides of Bo Schembechler, right. even within Bo's own family. Uh, yeah. if, if you look at uh, the comments from, from Matt and from Bo's son, Shemi, um, they have vastly different perspectives on, on right. their father. So... If two people in the same family saw him so differently, then, of course, people in his team saw him differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I respect Jim Harbaugh's experience. Um, of course. You know, he, he has a, a right to, you know, share what his experience was. I, I agree with you uh, that, you know, to speak to that experience without acknowledging uh, your teammates who had such a different experience, I, I think, is you know, a, a narrow view of it. Yeah. Uh, it. You know that for somebody in Jim Harbaugh's position, I think that there needs to be a fuller view of of the totality of of what happened. Um, right. So, yeah, and I think that that just you know feeds into um, a perception that there's still uh, still a disconnect uh, at at the university level you know, on the one hand you know expressing sympathy and respect for Anderson's survivors uh, but at the same time not really being able to look look it in the eye and and right, really yeah. acknowledge the the hard truth of what happened there and I think that that is such an important thing to say here because there's a lot of people uh, you know the people that the focus of this entire thing needs to be on are the survivors that are going through this and those people need to be made, you know, taken care of and all these things. But, 
you know, anytime you have situations like this, there are going to be a lot of people who had nothing to do with this um, and didn't know about this and didn't know anything about this that are going to go through a lot of personal anguish on their own. Because like you said, Austin, there comes a point for a lot of these former players that did have a very, very loving and fond relationship with Bo Schimbeckler that this is something that they have to process and everyone is going to go through it in their own time. And, you know, you can remember back to, we were both working on college football, covering college football when Joe Paterno and that whole thing happened. And I can recall back to hearing people like Matt Millen, you know, several weeks or months or whatever after it started, kind of coming out and being like, I am devastated and I did not know, right? It took me months to come to reality with this. And it's just this crushing process that you go through. But that's all something that's to be respected and should be respected. But at the same time, I do think that the importance here still needs to be with the people who were directly impacted by this. And I think that that's where the frustration comes in, Austin, is that the longer this goes, the more sort of pain you're putting on a lot of people who care an awful lot about uh, your your school, your football program, and all the things that they want it to be about. They still want it to be about that. All the good things that, you know, the, the, the that era talked about um, – you know, maybe didn't always stand up for the way it should have. Michigan people, they want that to be what it is. And, you know, I think that this is going to be a process for a lot of folks that they're going to have to get to that point, like Austin said, of, of looking at this in the eye and people are going to go through it in different times. But I would just say that you've really just got to be there for the people who need you right now. And I, I, I hope that going forward, that is all we'll see uh, from Michigan. And if it's not, then that's going to be really, really, really disappointing um, to a level that I'm not sure I can even explain right now. Yeah, I think it's important to to point out that you can still celebrate this era of, of Michigan football and you can celebrate the players who contributed to that. Um, and I, 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 in terms of where we go from here, I think that's part of it is finding a way uh, to remember and and to celebrate the good things that happened in this era of Michigan football, uh, while being able to separate that in a way from from Bo Schembechler's legacy. It's it's no longer all about Bo, um, and you know I think a positive outcome here would be if. When Michigan fans think back on that that time in the program's history that that they have an attachment to, um, you know that they they have a, a renewed respect for the players who who made that possible in in the face of some pretty awful things that we're finding out about. Um, and you don't have to give that up. You know, you don't have to um, you don't have to let go of that. You just have to reframe it a little bit to where now it's it's not all about Bo Schembechler's legacy. Uh, it, it's, uh, more about the players who, who made that possible. And yeah, I mean, college football's only value, the only thing that makes it valuable to the people who make it valuable, which are the fans, um, is the players on the field. It's the guys wearing the helmet and the guys doing the work and the guys on the field. It's always been that way. And, you know, this sport at some point, um, has got to start listening to these players and these individuals and making it about the people who draw 
the supporters in and it's the player. It's not the coaches. And, you know, as time has gone on in the seventies and eighties and nineties and early two thousands and everything else, you know, it was very convenient for schools to create a brand around this and make money by realizing that the only person who's constant in a college program is the coach. If you have a good one. And, you know, we got into this period of time in college athletics that I hope we're getting out of where we deified these coaches and we made them, we constructed these narratives that a lot of them didn't fight too hard, to be honest, um, that they were perfect and that they were infallible and that they were all these, you know, they were saints and that's not true. We just, we know that. And so when we talk about statues and names on buildings, like I'm of the mind and have been forever that they have no place mm-hmm. like that. Co- coaches, no place in college athletics today. And I shouldn't have either. Take the statue down if you want. Take the name off the building and name it after alumni, Charles Woodson, Desmond Howard, whatever you want to do. It's a building. Doesn't matter. This needs to be about the players, period. And sanitizing them and washing them out and taking their personalities away and telling them they can't talk to people and telling them they have to do this and they have to do that and not listening to them has to be over or all of this has to be over because it's not productive. And I think that all of these things that happen, and I think it's important to note, like, no one, <laughs> we don't know what happened in the 70s and 80s everywhere. I think that you have to, you have to listen to people. And, and I think that these things, for me, a lot of times they resonate with, like, that's what I always land on them. They're the most tragic and unfortunate situations. And it always comes back to just, like, you just got to listen to people when they're coming to you and telling you that they need help. Just listen to them, for the love of God. And uh, those are the things that, keep popping up here and, and this sport has struggled with that college athletics in general has struggled with that sports in general has struggled with that for a long long time and it's not one person or any whatever it's just the system that was there and, and hopefully Austin we're maybe coming out of that I, I, I hope I, I just you never know sometimes there's an inherent contradiction that everybody points out between Bo Schembechler's most famous line mm-hmm. about the team and the way that Bo Schembechler is remembered relative to his players and the other people who contributed to that era of, of Michigan football. And I, I think in the future, if you want to honor something, honor a team, honor a team achievement. Yeah. If you want to make a monument to Michigan's national championship team, Great. Put everybody's name on it. That you know, that is an accomplishment that will stand forever. That should be celebrated. You can celebrate accomplishments and achievements without deifying people. Um, And I I think that that's where this needs to be. I think we need to be able to celebrate the achievements of Michigan's football program during Bo Schembechler's tenure, without making it about Bo Schembechler. And frankly. It shouldn't have taken this for that to no, be the it case. <laughs> it, no. that, it should have been that way from the beginning. It wasn't. Uh, but this is an opportunity to really re- reframe some priorities and say, okay, h- how, do we, how do we apportion uh, credit? You know, who gets the credit for something? It, if it's a team accomplishment, then it really should be the players, the program, everybody who's celebrated for it. Mm-hmm. My thoughts on this at the moment here, as we'll wrap this up, I don't want to go too long on it today. Um, Michigan, as a university, as a body, has to now, at this point, obviously, sort of get back together with these attorneys 
and figure out what it's... This is first and foremost. Before anything else happens, and first, figure out what needs to be done to reach a settlement that everyone is as okay with as you can possibly be, and that needs to be the top priority, and it can't be dragged feet, and we can't hear any other competing narratives with it. And so once that's taken care of, then I would say Michigan needs to be challenged to be a leader in the concept that Austin just talked about of when you go forward as a college football program, it needs to be about the people on the field who make this thing go and not about the guy on the sideline wearing the hat, making all the money while everybody else is, you know, like doing all the, it can't do, we can't do it anymore. Like Mm -hmm. that and Michigan. And like you said, Austin, it, it, it can't be something where this sort of thing needs to happen for this type of thing to be a reaction. And Michigan can't look at this as, well, we're not the only ones that this has ever happened to, and we shouldn't be the only ones who have to... No. You should be a leader in this situation now. This is a this was a problem. You deified a coach. That's the culture. That's the culture that was here. It needs to go away now, and you need to be a leader in that arena. And I think that there are a lot of... I do think that there are a lot of people at Michigan... That would love nothing more than to be able to do that and to lead that charge. And I do think, um, and if I have any optimism on the Michigan end of things, is that I do think there are people there that will fight for that. Now, I don't know if there are enough, and that'll be the ultimate telltale. And that's what that's how we'll, you know, that's will be how we judge how this thing kind of winds down. But I, I do think that there are people there that want this to go in the direction that we sort of just talked about. It's just a matter of you've got to make it sure that happens now, and you got to take care of it. We all would like to comfort ourselves by saying, well, yeah, this terrible thing happened, but this couldn't happen now. Uh Um, And certainly there have been, uh, you know, there's been progress since then. As culturally and institutionally, things have changed at Michigan uh, in positive ways since since the time that this happened. Absolutely. But I still think that we can't, you know, feel complacent and just say, well, you know, this happened in the past. It could never happen again now. Because if if we're not all critically looking uh, at, at the structures that enabled this the first time, then, you know, that, that I think that's a false sense of security, you know. Yeah. Because when I look at, at college sports, has it gotten better in, in ways since the time of Bo Schembechler? Yeah, it has. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of those power dynamics still exist. Coaches still wield... A huge amount of power on on their campuses and athletic departments still have a huge amount of power and money and often not a lot of oversight or accountability from from the larger university and I think all of those things are things that we all need to be thinking about and paying attention to all the time because it has gotten better uh, but a lot of these structures are still in place a lot of these dynamics still exist and I think that we need to continue to think critically about where the power is in college sports um, and continue to try to address some of the, the power dynamics that allowed things like this to happen in the past. I think it's a good stopping point for here today. Uh, I want to thank Austin for joining this week. And I also want to thank Austin for covering this story. He's done a phenomenal job. And this is really, really I can't even explain to people who've never done this, I guess, like it's very, very difficult and challenging work to a level that, um, you know, sometimes you get too deep into it and you feel like you're losing it. And so I want to thank Austin. Austin, everything you've done to this point has been terrific. And I hope that 
you understand that, and I hope that the readers understand that too. And uh, we will both continue to monitor this, as Austin said, critically, uh, because it needs to be. And um, that's all I would add. Austin, if you got anything else um, to add, you can. If not, we'll write out of here. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I mean, I just, I would say that like the only reason these stories can be written is because um, you know people decide to do a really hard thing yeah. as as those players did this week and come out yeah. and speak about Absolutely. really painful experiences I, you know that's that's ultimately how you know how these things come to light and so i just i was reminded that of that again this week watching those players mm-hmm. up there it's just it's such a hard thing to do and i have a lot of gratitude for yeah. uh, you know for the guys who have, have taken that really hard step to, to share that Likewise, uh, thoughts are with every one of the 800 plus or whatever it is, of course, and will be until, yeah, until they can find some peace, hopefully. So um, with that, for Austin and Brendan, who's uh, on golf duty here, uh, I'm Nick. We'll be back soon, I'm sure. Be sure to tip those bartenders and servers. I've seen hard times all my day.